Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great revenge story about deleting things on somebody else's computer. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, refuse my mother entry to your horse track? Don't expect access to our personal road. My granddad used to own a piece of land next to a horse racetrack. Their land almost surrounded my granddad's, except for him having access to a heavily trafficated public road. The racetrack was laid out in such a way that their exercise track was placed north of my granddad's land, while the main track with a stadium was placed to the south. Way back when the racetrack was built, they had asked my granddad if they could transport their horses across his land. There was already a maintenance road in place, and as they only moved their horses, he didn't really mind as they also supported the local village. As a small thank you for this, they allowed him and his guests to watch the races for free. Normally it cost around 5 USD in our local currency, not that much, but it allowed him to take me and all my cousins to watch the horses for free. Anyhow, fast forward a couple of years and my granddad passed away. My mother who inherited the land tried to bring her grandchild, my niece, to the racetrack to see the horses just as my granddad used to do. At the counter, she's told that she has to pay for admission. Not really that big of a deal, as she thought that they didn't know that she now owned the land. Afterwards, however, when she rides to the track to rectify the situation, they tell her that she won't be getting admission free as it was a one-time deal they had struck with my granddad that now was off. Enter the petty revenge. A few months later, when we had planned to cut down some of the trees for lumber, my mother told the contractors to accidentally leave one or two logs across the maintenance road. The racetrack, now having to load their horses on trolleys as they had to use the busy public road instead of our maintenance one, almost immediately sent an email to my mother apologizing and offering her that same deal as my grandpa had received, if we would remove the logs. She only informed them that the one-time deal they had struck with my granddad was off. In the end, after some wrangling, we ended up with a deal where they now have to pay my mother around $400 every month in addition to her and her guests having free admission. I don't know if they got new ownership or they were just dead set on trying to cut down any extra fees. You know, we can't let these people in here for free, but you gotta love when greedy people get something coming to bite them back in the butt. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, allow your visitors to honk when they get there? Shame for you. We have a triplex rented out to a couple families across the street and some construction workers. It's freaking Grand Central Station each morning and night. Cars pull up, people get in and out, horns and honked each and every darned time. I think they use that address as a local drop-off and pickup point. I've asked, I've yelled, I've called the city. Nothing worked. Today I was off work this afternoon and was sitting on my porch smoking a joint when the van started coming by. I grabbed my car keys and every time someone honked, I'd set off the panic on my car alarm. I'd run out and make a big scene about how they must have hit my car to set off the alarm, it doesn't give off by itself. 
I would take pictures of both vehicles, license plate and driver too, and inspect my car for damage. I'd grumble back to the porch, muttering, if it drives funny, I'm taking it to my mechanic and filing an insurance claim tomorrow and wait for the next honking jerk. Surprisingly, word must have gotten around, only two vans honked, and everyone else would go and knock on the door. So here I sit, stoned, giddy, feeling like I actually accomplished some great while high. Kinda wish another car would honk. Now obviously, this is a little excessive, but is this just one of the downsides of living in a more tightly packed area? Like if you live in a bigger city in an apartment complex, should you just expect that you're gonna be hearing cars honking in the parking lot every now and then? Either way, I don't think I can blame OP for doing whatever they could to try to curb that behavior. Our next story is, don't insult the catering staff, especially during your wedding. So before I get to the story, i like to clarify one. This is not my story, but my neighbor's. He doesn't use social media sites such as Reddit, but he did give me permission to share his story here. Two, I wasn't sure whether or not to share this here or on Pro Revenge. Three, this story took place a couple of years ago, so my neighbor might have left out some things that he may have forgotten. Now onto the story. Back in late 2019, my neighbor, let's call him Tim, attended his best friend's wedding, the Groomzilla of the story. From what Tim told me, him and Groomzilla had been friends since middle school, somewhat relevant for later. Tim was one of the groomsmen for Groomzilla's wedding because, you know, they're friends. Fast forward to the wedding reception and all is going well. Tim walks over to the bar to get a drink. For context, the bar was close to where the catering staff was serving food, when out of nowhere, there was an argument where the catering staff were. Sure enough, Groomzilla was being verbally abusive towards one of the caterers. The argument, from what Tim was able to understand, was over some food dish that the catering staff stopped serving because they ran out of a certain meat. This was two hours into the reception. The guy in charge of the catering stands between Groomzilla and the person Groomzilla was berating. The guy in charge tells Groomzilla to stop berating his staff since they have other food they can serve as a plan B. But Groomzilla didn't like that answer, to which he responds, It's not my fault, you slurs. If you're Latino, you know the slur he blurted out. Can't do things right, just serve food like I hired you to do. Turns out the person Groomzilla was berating was Latino. Fast forward about 20 minutes and Tim witnesses the catering staff stop what they were doing and began putting the food into metal containers and began loading it onto one of the vans that belonged to the catering staff. And the propane grills that they were using were being loaded onto a truck that one of the staff brought. Sure enough, word reaches Groomzilla and he makes another scene. Since it took place outside, almost everyone didn't notice except Tim and the security guard. Groomzilla threatened legal action for breach of contract, but the guy in charge of catering countered the threat by threatening to call the cops on Groomzilla for racially abusing one of his staff members, and that he has witnesses, including the catering staff, who saw everything, and Tim, who just happened to be nearby. From what Tim told me, that got Groomzilla to shut up and walk back into the venue. After the wedding, Tim told Groomzilla that what he did was horrible. But Groomzilla tried to convince Tim that he did nothing wrong, but before he could continue, Tim stopped him and told him that the friendship between the two of them was now over since he still couldn't see the bigger picture of what he just did. So moral of the story, don't be a racist, egocentric idiot. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of people with history here might be willing or try desperately to overlook this kind of nasty behavior. That's huge of Tim to actually address it for what it is and do their part in not tolerating it. 
Our next story is Birthday Party Face Painter. I was browsing one of those coupon websites, Think Groupon, etc., and came across a face painter deal. My daughter's birthday was coming up, so I quickly read through the fine print before paying. I immediately contacted the lady and gave her six dates to check if she was available. She said no to every single one. She then said she was only available on weekdays, even though that wasn't in the fine print. I said okay and gave her more dates to choose from. Again, she was busy on all of them. So I asked her to just give me a date and I'd make it work. We get to the day of the party and guess who doesn't show up? She messaged me back after the party and says she couldn't make it, no reason given, and she wouldn't be refunding the money. I contacted the coupon place and they got the money back. It still sucked that we didn't have a face painter at the party, but the kids had fun anyway. Cue revenge. I created a fake Facebook profile with her phone number and posted face painting party giveaways on different local mums pages for about 6 months until she changed her number. Does anybody else get the idea that this was through and through a scam from the beginning? Like just trying to make sure you commit to something, pay that money and then hopefully they can just ghost you and keep the money? Either that or they are just the worst single person business operator I've ever seen. This next story is fire me from a job I hate, I'll still torment you. A few years ago, I worked at a right-wing media organization. It didn't align with my politics, but I won't get into how I ended up there, since the story is already long. It was an aggressively stupid and amateurish operation with bad pay and clueless management. My boss was a complete idiot, totally unqualified, hired primarily because of his connections and political leanings. During his training, he ignored the IT people who were teaching him, chewing gum, looking at his phone, generally being a jerk. This will be important later. He didn't like me because I A. Disagreed with him politically, B. Am not a woman he can sexually harass, C. Had no respect for him, and D. Was far more capable at the job. Because of all this, he schemed to get me fired with completely fabricated complaints. He wasn't important enough to fire me himself though, so he told all these lies to his boss. I fought back and had proof that almost all the accusations were lies. They briefly backed down, but this just pissed him off more so I still got axed about 6 weeks later. However, since we all knew the reasons were complete lies, they gave me an enormous severance payout to keep me quiet, so I got a ton of money to leave a job I hated. However, he was too spineless to even be in the office when I was fired. He came in late that day to avoid me. Since nobody escorted me out, again, amateurish operation, this meant I was still in the office unsupervised after they canned me. Given our small team and staggered shifts, it meant that he would have to do my job for about 4 hours until the next capable person came in. Sabotage time. I went into our video editing software and website CMS and changed a million little settings he'd never figure out since he never paid attention when he was trained and is an idiot. As I left, I ran into him sneaking in late through a side door, obviously trying to avoid potentially encountering me. I just laughed at him. As the day went on, I got many gleeful updates from my now ex-colleagues in other departments about how he was losing his crap trying to cut and upload video but couldn't get anything to work. They could literally hear cursing and shouting through the office walls. More sabotage! Also, he was too stupid to change the password to the company Twitter feed, where they posted all their news and videos, dozens of posts per day. 
So for the next few months, I would log in and randomly delete various updates, which drove him further up the wall. He eventually changed the password, but here's how stupid he is. Soon after, he posted a photo of his new team in the office, including the office whiteboard in the background where he'd written all their social media passwords. I continued doing it. Unfortunately, on the day that I decided to delete the entire Twitter account, they had changed the password again. Oh well. Epilogue. A few months later, I walked into a movie theater and saw him. He saw me too and, no joke, hid behind his copy of that free movie theater magazine. Tribute? After the show, I decided to hang around the main exit to the theater just to see what he would do. He headed towards the door, saw me, spun around, and headed for a side exit. This was all kind of just butter for OP in my opinion. They got this nice huge severance package and they were still able to torture the person who got them that severance package. It's like not bad at all. This next story is, fire me? Have fun dealing with the FSA. This is a fresh story, it takes place within 24 hours of me posting this. Some backstory before we begin. So three weeks ago, I left my corporate small fry job making $12 an hour with tips for a cushy salaried $60,000 a year head chef position. The new job seemed to be going really well. I was enjoying it, the owner got some much needed time off and time to work on his reservations to the place. I knew I wasn't walking into the most well-maintained and clean environment and planned to really spruce up the kitchen. Keep in mind, I was the only kitchen staff they had. The owner seemed really nice, he only had to pop in for about 30 minutes a day to see if I needed anything from the store. My coworkers were all really nice and all the regulars gave me high praise for my food. It was honestly a dream job for me. When I was going through the interview process, I had informed my potential new employer that I had some pre-approved time off at my old job. Three days to celebrate my 25th birthday with my husband and mother-in-law. Three days because my mother and her boyfriend were coming from another state for their normal visit. And two days to celebrate my husband's birthday. All of which were spread throughout the month of June. First round of three days went by with no issue. I returned to work and had a good time. Next three days went by spending time with my mom. When I returned to work this last Tuesday, everything seemed fine. Yesterday I went into work. Not really having any prep to do and being a thunderstorm day, it was slow. I did maybe $150 in food sales on a full 8 hour shift. I sent a text to the owner asking if he wanted me to shut down early, as was the example he set during my first week of training. We did $300 in food sales and he shut us down an hour early for it being too slow. He responded and said no, keep the kitchen open full hours no matter what. I understood, responded that I would without issue and went about my night. That evening, about 10 minutes after I returned home, the owner asked me to call him. In the phone call, he informed me that our relationship was not working out and we needed to part ways. I had no warnings, no talking tos, and he could give me no reasonings other than, you just had 6 days off and you wanted to close early. It seems you're just not the right fit. Now, my husband, mother-in-law, and myself were fuming as it's kind of a crap thing to do to an employee, but due to us being in an at-will state, there was nothing I could do to fight it. This morning, I'm on Indeed putting out more applications, and I noticed my old job was posted, but with a minor change. The new posting went from $60,000 a year down to $18 an hour, nearly half of what he agreed to pay me. This pissed me off. If he was just a decent human and told me that he couldn't uphold the original agreement for the salaried, I would have agreed to a pay cut. I did really enjoy this job and the people I was with. Instead, he beat around the bush and refused to give me any reasonings. 
making me believe I had done something wrong, so now I've concocted the revenge. I've only worked for him for 12 shifts total. In those 12 shifts, I did some cleaning but couldn't accomplish it all as there was... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. A lot. So this morning, I went and grabbed the email for the Food and Safety Administration for my country and sent them a lengthy email about my concerns for this place. As a less detailed version, it included things like flooring being a safety hazard, there are literal chunks missing, allowing food to get stuck and people to get hurt, refrigeration systems leaking and not being properly maintained, a large mold outbreak behind one of the food lines, containers of veggies being used for pizzas that were being dated as being opened mid-April, Suggested use time is 7 days fresh, 14 canned. Workers dropping food and picking it up off the floor before serving said dropped food to customers. My personal fave, a bartender coming back with shakers filled with grated parm cheese that molded. The owner telling her to pick the mold out and refill the shakers with the unmolded cheese. Plus more things that I won't include on here, but the state of the place was atrocious. I'll update y'all if anything ever comes of this. I'm not sure if anything will. Either way, it's made me feel better knowing that there's a chance that there could be some backlash to an owner who has no common courtesy for their fellow workers. I mean, I certainly hope this very legitimate sounding complaint to the FSA doesn't just get brushed under the rug. You would hope that the Food and Safety Administration would do their actual job, you know, to try to protect the people. If anything, if it doesn't work out, I would say maybe OP should just kind of share what they've learned about this place, albeit anonymously, in public forums, on reviews, on Facebook. I mean, let people know. I mean, if they hear about that molded parm cheese, you're probably going to do some damage to their business. Our next story is, don't be rude to airport staff. This happened during my time living in New South Wales, Australia. If there's one thing I've learned about traveling, it is do not annoy airport staff. 
They are the people who decide if you get to board or not. Being aggressive, rude, or confrontational to them will get you nowhere. I was at Sydney Airport traveling to see family in New Zealand and was going through the bag check. In front of me, I could see an angry, red-faced businessman who seemed to be stressed and in a hurry. The security person, an Asian woman in her 40s, was checking his luggage and the businessman immediately became abusive. He started yelling, why the heck are you looking at that? Get a bloody move on. Security number one said, sir, your luggage was selected for a hand check, so you just need to be patient. He said, I have an international flight leaving in 10 minutes. Freaking hurry up. God, I'm sick of this airport hiring these idiots. Security number two said, sir, you need to calm down. We're just doing our jobs. Instead of calming down, Mr. Businessman predictably became angrier and belligerent towards the staff and, of course, started dropping slurs. I travel through this airport frequently and it gets worse every time because you keep hiring these Asian slurs and I'm sick of their darn incompetence. Learn to speak freaking English. I have a flight leaving in 10 minutes. I don't have time for this crap. Just give me my bag and let me leave. Why is that so freaking hard? Security now looked extremely fed up with this guy, but clearly they weren't done with him yet. I noticed that the staff member did her bag check slightly slower than normal. All the while, the man proceeded to throw a tantrum and act like a spoiled child. At long last, he snatched his luggage away and began to stomp off, only to be stopped for a body search. Immediately, he blew his top again. When I left to walk to my gate, he was still raging, and I very much doubt he made his flight. The moral of the story, while traveling is stressful, it always helps to be patient with staff doing their jobs, otherwise you may not make your flight. I'm still baffled about why he was causing so much trouble when he had so little time to make his flight. Don't get me wrong, security theater is very annoying, especially if you're the lucky ones that get pulled off to the side for a bag check or, god forbid, a body search. But I agree heavily with OP here. If you just comply with the process, which is all they want you to do, it's annoying and it feels like an invasion of privacy, sure, but it's going to end a lot easier and a lot quicker if you just go along with it. Our next story is how I dealt with a one-sided friendship. I won't lie, it feels unbelievably crap to have people messaging you whenever you need help and after you help them, they just dip and ignore you till the next time they need help again. My friend recently asked me to buy her a special blender and food processor for their birthday. It was around 150 Australian dollars because her old one broke. We're both uni students but she lives on a way tighter budget than me because she doesn't receive help from her parents. Of course, they go all friendly, hyped me up and whatever beforehand as if we're besties. After two months of radio silence and as if nothing happened, I, for whatever reason, Hey, since we've been friends for so long and I'm in a good mood now, why not? I go to Target, take a photo of the food processor and send it to my friend who sends back, Oh my god, yes, that's the one! Thank you, thank you! So I buy it. As I get on the bus, I start reflecting. I'm scrolling through our message history together, massive blender around my arms, and I'm looking at the massive differences in the amount I type to her versus how much effort she would put into her texts and contrasting that with the change in the amount she would type to me in the last few days. And I would always be the one to initiate the conversation unless she needed something. It was as if she was just tolerating me. I quickly send her a message. We'll hang out again after your birthday. Her last message was two minutes ago. 
to test and see if she actually cared about me as a person rather than some gullible ATM machine, and as I'm waiting, I get off the bus and walk home. When I place the blender up onto my kitchen counter, I realize that the color of the blender actually fits my kitchen quite well, and I began contemplating purchasing another one for myself. I check my messages again and see that I have been invited to the birthday group chat, friend is still online, yet hasn't responded to me as if she just throws her phone across the Pacific Ocean after each message I send her. I began to realize the pattern in which she messaged me and that this friendship was taking an incredibly large toll on my mental. Why should I always be worried about whether or not I get a response as if I'm not good enough? I decide to leave the birthday group chat which was somehow noticed by my friend immediately since she messaged me asking why I did that but not the previous message and I decided I no longer wanted to be friends with her. So I left her on red and went and made a banana ice cream milkshake, currently drinking while typing this up instead of studying, RIP, with the brand new blender she thought she was going to get out of me. Honestly, I'd rather have someone straight up tell me they hate my guts than string me along for years while pretending to be my friend when they need me. It was a long overdue lesson, but now I found myself with a nice new blender to make smoothies with, so it wasn't all bad I suppose. OP later gave an update about how basically the friend after hours of being ghosted replied, Wow, okay, I see how it is. OP replied by sending them a picture of the smoothie saying, Yup, and blocked the heck out of her. I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty terrible at keeping up with people and initiating conversation myself, but one thing I pride myself on is when a friend messages me, I go out of my way to reply and almost surprisingly quickly I think in a lot of situations. I couldn't imagine intentionally ghosting a friend. The only time it comes close to that is when you read their message and you think of a reply and you're like, I'll get to it in just a minute, and the thought just kind of trails off, but it's not intentional. Our next story is Whole Street Laughing at Local Thief. Years ago, I owned a laundromat on a busy metered street with only on-street parking available. I owned multiple locations and had a few maintenance trucks for the help to service my location plus property I owned here and there. For whatever reason, I had to leave one of my trucks in a parking spot in front of my store overnight. Next morning, we found someone had stolen the battery. Worse, had cut out the radiator as well, rendering the truck immobile. We called the police, they came, took a report, and then wrote me an expired meter ticket and told me to get the truck towed or keep feeding the meter. Thank you very much. Anyway, word filters in that a certain person was seen that night fiddling with my truck. He lived in a boarding house down the street and worked the street daily with a stolen shopping cart scavenging for scrap metal. He had a non-working truck parked in front of his building, and sure enough, my crap was in the bed of his truck. I just took my stuff back. This guy was a regular customer of my laundromat, and we were always friendly, so I was shocked this guy would do this to me. This was a pretty tight-knit area, so everyone soon knew what happened. I never confronted him. Well, a few days later, he came in to do his laundry, two top loaders worth. Pretty much all the clothes he had, I suspect. As usual, he would load up, start the washers, and take off down the street to the local coffee shop. This day, some son of a gun came in while he was gone and stole all his clothes, leaving him with only the clothes he was wearing. I told him we didn't see a thing, and our laundromat was not responsible for unattended clothes. For days, he walked around the neighborhood complaining about some jerk stealing his clothes from the laundromat. Everybody had a hard time keeping a straight face. 
While I kind of feel bad about somebody in a situation where they have to live in a boarding house having all of their clothes stolen, you really can't feel too bad when you're given the context of what they did to OP's vehicle. The only thing that would have made this better is if OP had said to them, You know, things are going to crap around here. Maybe it's the same person who stole my battery and radiator. Can you believe somebody would do that? I'd love to see their reaction. Our next story is, Be a better human and parent. When my son was between the ages of 1 to 2, I would take him to a community center that had a great playroom. Anyone could use it for the cost of a buck or two. It was a wonderful shared space filled with lots of age-appropriate toys and activities. We loved going there. Normally, there would be a few other families in there, and kids could have someone their own age to play with. One day, I was in there playing with my son when another mom entered with her kid. We were the only ones in the room. After a bit, my kid took an interest in them and went over to where they were playing. This mom would have nothing to do with it. She did everything to ignore him and wouldn't share any of the room's toys with him. Rude. My kid gave up and went back to playing on his own. A little while later, this other child came up and shoved my son down onto the floor. I jumped a bit, but when they're small, this sometimes happens as they're learning. I kept my eye on it and the other mom who didn't even flinch. My kid went back to playing. Well, a few minutes go by, and that other kid knocked him down again. That was it. My son starts to cry, and the other mom just sits there watching it, doing nothing. I ran over and scooped him up to comfort him. I asked the other mom if she was just going to keep letting her kid push mine down. Her half-hearted response was something about how her son was, just being a boy. Mama bears know, you make our kid cry, you've crossed the line. I gathered him up and gave her a dirty look. No apology on her end, no correction of her son's behavior. Time for us to go. We were outside of the room in the hallway putting our shoes back on to go. You see, you had to remove your shoes to enter the room and leave them outside in a cubby. That's when I saw her pretty little Doc Martin boots. I just so happened to have an unopened bottle of apple juice in my backpack. I took that juice and poured the entire contents into both of her boots. Then I walked away calmly. Needless to say that I didn't return to that playroom ever again, but it was worth it. Don't be a rude person and teach your kids some darn manners. Well, it would definitely be obvious to this lady, I would assume, who poured the apple juice in their Doc Martens. I would hope an environment like this would have cameras. I don't know if it's worth it to try to track down OP to, I don't know, have some kind of charge over Doc Martin boots, but I think it could have been done, so OP got pretty lucky here, acting in that bout of rage. This next story is, ban my hero? Reinstall your game. Backstory, I used to play a lot of Dota 2, and for some reason loved playing Ogre Magi, so I bought a cosmetic item for the hero that needed to be leveled up through play, to unlock a color change for the item. I played with a pretty solid group of people, read average but fun, jumped onto TeamSpeak most nights after work, and loaded into the game with 4-5 to five of them. The bad apple, failed streamer, figured out that by banning the hero I was wanting to play, it would annoy me. I'd usually play 2-3 to three games a night, and by the second ban, I'd ask him to stop and just let me play one game with the hero I was grinding, he wouldn't. The revenge? At some stage, we'd played a game together that required a program called Hamachi or Game Ranger that created a pseudo-local area connection via the internet, and for some reason, failed streamer had his root directory shared. It's silly. So about once a week, whenever he would decide to start banning my hero or was just generally being over the top, 
I'd go into his Steam directory and just delete his entire Dota 2 install. Sometimes in between games, we'd finish up losing a game, we'd all take a break, and he'd come back to not having the game installed. He'd have to sit out games until the next day when he'd completed the download again. He went a little stir-crazy, put in Steam tickets, bought a new storage drive. It kept going for about a year, until he did a full Windows reload which fixed the issue. Easy wins. Honestly, this just takes me back to being a bit younger, playing online games with friends. I never played Dota, and I don't think I ever used TeamSpeak, but I was definitely on the internet and gaming with friends right around that era anyways. Like 10 years ago, we used to use a program called Mumble, and there was definitely a time or two where I used to Machi. Usually it was to play Minecraft with a friend because hosting a server for some reason seemed like way too much work or too hard to figure out. I think the reason that this story is especially painful is this person, when that game is deleted, has to reinstall all of it. Nowadays, most internet connections are speeding up and being pretty darn good. Back then, you might have had some slow-mo internet. I mean, you were just about coming off of dial-up still back then. It very well could have taken this guy like 3, 4, 5 hours or even longer just to download this game again. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.